This year, move the dirt and make an impact by signing up for Power Athlete Program to crush your goals. Join our tens of thousands of athletes around the globe already empowering their performance as power athletes. For less than a dollar a day, get our world-class coaching delivered straight to the palm of your hand. Our programming is performance-driven and goal-oriented. Finally tuned through my first-hand experience playing the NFL and subsequent decade-long coaching and collaborating with some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. As a special time offer for the month of January, Hey Upfront for a full year of training will give you a free 15-minute consult with myself or one of the crew, plus your choice of nutrition protocol, putting you on the best path for success. Visit powerathlete.com forward slash training and start today. Those who start tomorrow never get shit done. Start fucking today. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Premier Podcast on Strength and Conditioning. I'm John Walborn. I'm joined by Mr. Chris McWilkin. Howdy. Hey, Tex. How are you? Great. Well... I won my fantasy football championship. Congratulations. I'm glad that you first. finally won something. First time ever. <laughs> it is the first time in, in 20 years. With they, the <laughs> so have you been playing with the same schlubs all this time? Uh, Marymount lacrosse. Shout out. Wow. And you guys are still duking it out. And this year you won. Uh-huh. Wow. But I sweated it out, which is in line with today's question because I started Mr. Antonio Brown. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. Well, that's odd because uh, we were sitting around trying to figure out, you know, we got to do a couple crew podcasts. We usually are interviewing amazing and earth-shattering, face-melting guests. But on occasion, we do some crews, and we usually pull from the hotline. We have this thing called the Power Athlete Hotline, where you can call in and leave us questions, 929-464-464. Zero. 929-ing-ing. Zero. Yep. And I decided to go to the Power Athlete training programs on Train Heroic and post up, hey, here's the hotline. Leave us some questions. We got a ton of questions. A bunch of people called in, and one of them had to do with Antonio Brown. Uh, we discussed it a little bit, uh, you know, in the office with yourself and Charles, but it would be interesting to talk a little bit about what we view and more importantly, what's happening with our old boy on Antonio Brown. Yeah. And I mean, social media is quick to jump on him. And well, I mean, it, is it because you live by the sword, you die by the sword that because he is ah. really leveraged social media? I mean, he is, uh, um, you know, to the point where it's almost become like narcissistic personality disorder. And I know that people have. You know, I mean, he has not been at least clinically evaluated by anybody I know. I'm sure the NFL has got a dossier on this individual. But if you look at it, I mean, he has really uh, leveraged, you know, not only YouTube, but social media and Instagram and, and been a huge proponent of social media. Well, I mean, the, the, the prime time all-star NFL performer, I won't leave it to a wide receiver, but I mean, if we go to any character of a wide receiver in a movie film story he's the guy it's essentially in line uh, with a narcissist well i mean like it, it's easy just to say hey he's taking a big hit like 2016 he's coming across the middle and gets lit up by what was that the cincinnati Bengals? Bengals yeah, yeah. I, I forgot like number 55 one of the uh, uh linebackers i still remember the hit you know basically he missed the ball he stretched out had his head exposed and like that was like a big step for like targeting and I'm sure that guy got heavily fined and a bunch of problems. But, you know, it's easy to say, oh, he's taking a ton of hits. He's crazy. It's CTE. It's mental instability due to concussions. But at the end of the day, is it really? Well, I mean, before, how was how, what was his character before? You know where he played in college? I don't. Uh, he has had trouble. So he grew up in South Florida. He's had trouble his entire existence. Um, he has never been necessarily what you could say a stable individual not that i'm gonna say i I knew him or anything about him but um i mean he's he's had trouble for a long time central michigan university six round pick how about that yeah but he was also uh south florida i know he had some troubles growing up then he goes to some obscure school in central michigan and uh you know goes in and you know plays for the or was it the steelers Mm -hmm. and uh you know six round steelers had a pretty tumultuous past, especially there. What was it? He threw a ball at Big Ben, and then they oh. end up parting ways. And I mean, he's he's definitely leveraged social media. And is this, you know, uh, there was a moment at the Steelers, and he was a contractor by Facebook, and they 
tagged him to promote Facebook Live. So following a game and a victory, Tomlin during Tomlin's speech, AB goes live and it would broke code of the locker room. He was, sure. he was showing the outside world on Facebook Live and it was this big deal. And I know he got a boatload of money. Well, you know what's bullshit about that? NFL Films is in every locker room. So when you when you come in the game, like when you walk in after a game and the coach does like, you know, like, hey, brings everybody together and they kind of have the breakdown, maybe hand out some game balls. Yeah. Yeah. Like NFL films is in every single locker room. There's a camera in there filming it. So to say that, like, he broke the code or whatnot, he broke the code in the sense that he personally decided to do it instead of the NFL who loves to control all the optics. So I think the one thing I've always appreciated a little bit about um the outrageous nature of him trying to be like, well, you guys are doing it. Why can't I make money and why can't I do this? And, you know, the NFL is real good on guarding. Hey, this is us. This is you. You know, this is where the defined uh, roles sit. And he started kind of blurring that. Like when he put the John Gruden, uh, you know, phone call. I would say that is a breach of trust. Well, uh, but Gruden didn't really say anything. He just said, Hey man, you got a lot of optics on, you got a lot of people making judgments on you. Just go play football. And he was like, yeah, coaching coach. I brought you in. You're my guy. Yeah. You're my guy, which is Gruden. And, uh, you know, you're, you're my guy. Just play football, man. Stop all this bullshit. Just go play football. And what did he say? I'm more than a football player. You know, I'm a human. I want this. And at the end of the day, like there's this struggle of like identity. And I think for him, who is really, kind of gone into this whole kind of, you know, he's gone hard into the social media deal. Um, you know, the, uh, when this, you know, Joe Rogan had a podcast with, uh, that doc that just got booted. Um, I think it's Dr. Malone just got booted off of Twitter. He's the guy that credits himself with the MRNA vaccines, Robert Malone, Robert Malone. He talked about something called mass formation psychosis. The idea that, uh, there's a psychological disorder and it's this like mass formation psychosis and it's related to like social media and like the idea that like, you know, you're detaching from reality. I think here and I'll, I'll actually, I'll give you a, a direct quote from him, a very intelligent, highly educated population. And they went barking mad when you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense. We can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader, or a series of events, a one small point, just like hypnosis, they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And uh, the statement with, that uh, Jason Whitlock made, which is Antonio Brown is nuts and his addiction to Instagram and Twitter is making him look crazy. Whitlock? Oh, yeah. Jason Whitlock came out fucking guns a blazing, which is typical Justin Whit- or uh, Jason Whitlock, who we've had on the podcast and I consider a friend. He covered me as a sports writer in Phil- or in uh, Kansas City, and we always got along. Um didn't always agree with everything he wrote, but he he's happy to go say it. And is oh. it something where, I mean, dude, this is an interesting thing because we're looking at the optics by which we're presented, which is social media. Like we, like I, I watched the game, you know, um, you know, he obviously it gets late in the game. He's not in the game. Is his ankle injured? They're trying to put him in. He doesn't want to go in. He's, uh, you know, a few yards shy of getting his, uh, um, you know, his million dollar bonus is three, $330,000 bonuses. Mm-hmm. So like, it's kind of weird to be exact. Eight catches, 33 yards and one touchdown. So what's wild to me is he's on the sideline claiming that, that his ankles hurt and they're trying to put him in, but then he's mad that he's not going to get his bonuses. Like it, it feels confusing to me. I know it's 15 fantasy points away championship weekend. So selfish son of a bitch. Well, I mean, but he also has another game. I mean, he I could know, have just sat and then come <laughs> out. Forgot. May, well, I, that's what I think happened. Maybe he forgot that maybe there's 17 games. I mean, his entire career, he's played 16, you know, in 17 weeks. Now all of a sudden they threw an extra game. He's got an extra week to go make those points and make those numbers and get his bonus. Did he forget? I don't know. Um, or like, or is what it did a coach? Did a coach say something? But I mean. Right. The, uh, the dude, foundation was laid for this. Well, first of all, you got Bruce Aarons, who doesn't say shit to anybody. Like, uh, that guy is the most neutral coach I've ever said, you know, ever heard. I mean, he doesn't feel like a very polarizing person. He's not going to go in there like a Bill Belichick and fucking cut your head off. He's, uh, he's definitely of the, the school of like, let playmakers be playmakers. And uh, I'm not going to overcoach and, and put myself in the middle of this. I mean, the fact that like Tom Brady, who, you know, I mean, wasn't Antonio Brown living in his house? You know, Tom was kind of the uh, AB coordinator there for a while. 
And, you know, now all of a sudden you have a guy who's at the end of the season. I mean, is it a point where they're like, fuck, man, I don't have time to, you know, we're, we're in the playoff hunt. I don't have time to fuck with this guy anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he's over there worried about this. And then, of course, like it just, man, it it feels crazy. But then you got to remember, like the optics for this stuff. Is it really that crazy in terms of the social media? I mean, look at Jake Paul and his brother. I mean, look at all that craziness. I mean, like, uh, like now, uh, I don't know if you guys, I mean, they, it was funny. Only about 65,000 people tuned into their pay-per-view for him. And uh, the um, was it? Uh, yeah, Woodley Tyson too. Woodley. Yeah, uh, two. And they were pretty upset. But, like, if you watch it, it dude, it, the, the fix is in in that. You see him twist his right glove and the dude just drops his oh, – sorry, drops his left and just literally he braces for it and just takes the fucking shot on the chin. I mean, that's not boxing. That's entertainment. So you have a situation where now they're kind of blurring the lines of is this entertainment? Is this sport? And you got a guy like Antonio Brown who has really – you know, he's been at the forefront of the social media deal and it, has it created something. I mean, and the other issue is it's not as if this is out of character. I mean, think about uh, he throws a ball at Big Ben, then they release him, then he goes to the Raiders. Uh, they pay him, what, $15 million for a year? Mm-hmm. And, or no. That's um, Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots. So he goes to the Raiders, gets in all this situation with that, you know, frostbite from uh, cryo chambers and uh, can't get on the field because of helmet issues. Runs through all these issues. They end up, you know, parting ways from him. Goes to the Patriots. One-year deal. Uh, all of a sudden gets, um, you know, accused of sexual harassment and, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of other weird shit that goes on. He gets released. Then they send him down. They bring him into the Patriots. Tom Brady's managing him. Does pretty Bucks. good. Bucks. Yeah, sorry, the, the Bucks. Uh, Tom Brady manages him. They end up winning a Super Bowl. You know, he stays clean. You know, he stays whatever, you know, on the rails. And now all of a sudden his situation was, you know, I mean, is it inevitable that that guy just becomes – Kind of, uh, you know, like just muddies the water and just kind of poisons the pool. Potentially. And I mean, they unfortunately, one of their leading receivers, Godwin, went down with a cut tackle, which uh, I was watching that game. Chris Collinsworth's comments is he was he was upset as an announcer and saying the rules got to change because like you can't take on a big guy like that. So you cut him low. And that's his career. Like that's his livelihood at the knee. Um Fun note about Jake Paul. Uh, I got wrapped up into a social media clip of him and his brother on whatever podcast. I don't know what it was, but it was uh, Instagram. Jake Paul claiming after boxing, he's going to go and try out free safety NFL. Sweet. Claiming like I'm played football my whole life. I got power. Yeah. And but his I mean, brother was like, you're an idiot. So, I mean, but, but it, isn't that kind of their deal? Like preposterous claims. Well, I mean, they, he, he said he would bring viewers to the NFL. Uh, does, I, does the NFL need more viewers? Well, I guess the the YouTube kids. I don't know what kids are. I don't know, dude. Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, they should let him go to an NFL training. <laughs> the towel boy and water boy well, in Michigan. But there's a big difference. Uh, so um, after the last CBA, uh, NFL teams can only go pads five times during the year and uh, not during games. So they maybe get maybe five, three, four, five padded practices in training camp and maybe one like the first week. And then after that, they're just in shells. So realistically, he would only get a certain amount of opportunities to strap it up and actually go hard in a practice. And then he would have to get to the game and be able to do it. Now, here's the problem with, you know, playing safety. Like, that's just not fucking run support. You got to be able to turn your hips and move. I don't know. I mean, he's uh, like, I'll tell you this. Um, Let me get his stats for, for you. Uh, I'll tell you this. He can box. Like watching it, like the guy, six one. He's done enough work to be considered a boxer. Um, now he just has to legitimately go out and fight some boxers to see if he's a boxer. Now, same thing with football. Can he strap it up and go out there and play that game? I think give him a chance. Let him uh, let him donate a whole bunch of money and let a team bring him into a training camp. I he needs the he needs the juice. He needs the steroids. Oh, that's the other thing. Him and Dana White went after it. Uh, Did I saw, you see this? I saw the one where he's calling Dana White a cokehead, and Dana White's like, great, I'll get tested every single day for cocaine for 10 years. Just let me test you for two on steroids. And then he went into this whole thing about I'll retire from boxing, I'll fight in the MMA, I'll do whatever you want as long as you pay people better. And I like Dana White's thing. If you think I'm doing a bad job, go start your own fucking business, which yeah. he very well could. I mean, yeah. he, he, you know, they've he's put together – 
I mean, you know, if if I'm if I'm him, I'm calling uh, Mayweather. I'm calling anybody I can and trying to put together my own UFC stuff. But the Fatita brothers and those guys, oh man, they so. I mean, dude, they got such a lock on those guys. They have contracts, so uh, definitely on steroids. You think he is? I think his inside people came out. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not really plugged in so much. I mean, I I like I didn't or I didn't pay for the pay per views for his fights. Because I can't necessarily condone it, uh, but I was more than happy to watch the clips. And dude, that sixth round—I mean, I watched it. I mean, like it, there was a lot of hugging, um, but man, that sixth round—you see him kind of like twist his glove a yeah. little bit, and then the dude just drops his left and just gets knocked out on the button. But you know what? Good for him. I mean, it's better than a bunch of dudes on Instagram just fucking doing nothing but training. You know, making a bunch of like weird quotes about going to war and other stupid shit. Uh, you know, well, I mean, they need to tell us how it is, John. But I mean, think about this, right? The you know, he put his money out there. I mean, they financed the whole thing, got on a you know to put on these uh, you know what are they? Um, they're not promos, they're uh, exhibition fights, and went out there and sold it and did it. I mean, it's a lot better than most people who never get an opportunity to ever compete on any stage. Yeah, and, and his brother went out and fought against uh, Mayweather. Now, dude, uh, I, I saw I saw him trying to shame Mayweather. Yeah, hasn't paid him, which is typical. Mayweather's like fuck you. I gave you uh, I gave you an opportunity. I'm keeping your money, which is typical Mayweather big bank little bank that gangster shit. Like I mean, it, it was Mayweather's production company. He put Play on the, the game. fight. I mean, dude, I just like the fact that he punked him and kept his money. Well, these dudes were childhood stars, and then my first thought when you brought up the mass formation psychosis and the definition is like, dude, childhood actors. They're shot skyrocketed to popularity, and their whole world around them is. Just telling them how awesome they are. And now social media, okay, everyone outside of even their household is telling them how amazing they are. Well, man, this is a really weird thing because um, I think Charles brought up that they did a recent study and they found twice as many kids when they listed what they want to be when they grow up oh. listed themselves as YouTube stars and not astronauts. So we have more people that are interested in being famous more so than doing something that's of fame worth. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I wanted to go play football. I was never into, you know, my goal was never to be famous. I just wanted to be, I just wanted to play football. I just wanted to, you know, try to fucking fight people every Sunday. Uh, the fame aspect always felt like more of a distraction. Oh, distraction. Uh, distraction. And more importantly, like kind of a pain in the ass. Um, you know, I obviously hung out with people dramatically more famous than me and like going to a restaurant was awful. I mean, you know, not that like, I mean, that the rock does a great job. People come over, signs autographs. But you're sitting there having a conversation and people are like standing there lurking, waiting to come in. I mean, it's part of the deal, but ends up like a lot of people that be that are famous end up becoming kind of prisoners because they want to try to lead a normal life. Oh, yeah. Dude, the, the last dance with Michael Jordan showed a representation of that, at least a clip. He had to go to shop grocery store. They had to keep it open after hours just yep. so he could go through the end. I mean, he was laying on the couch smoking a cigar and, and speaking like his life. You want my life? My life is not normal. Yeah. But he's also Michael Jordan. Michael fucking Jordan. Uh, but like there's this idea that somehow like that you can, you know, and, and realistically the cultural sodomite on this is the Kardashians. I mean. Hold on. Uh, I understand what you're trying to say, but what is a co- cultural sodomite? So you know what a sodomite is? I think so. So the sodomites were ass fuckers. Ah. Uh, the Kardashians ass fucked <laughs> our society funny. and ass fucked culture. <laughs> like literally when they look at the end of fucking human civilization, <laughs> patient zero are the fucking Kardashians. Oh, man. Right. Kim, Kim Kardashian, who's a billionaire, famous for nothing other than fucking getting Sodom- boned by. Sodomite. <laughs> well, no, nah, she, you know, she was polishing Ray J's tip, but she was famous for a fucking sex tape. And the mother, um, uh, what's her name, um, fucking uh, Jenner, uh, she realizes instead of being embarrassed that her, do- that her daughter is polishing Ray J's fucking knob on a, on, on a sex tape, seizes the moment and is able to leverage that into like all of this other stuff. I mean, dude, like the one girl uh, who was extremely homely looking and now she looks like a rock star with a bunch of plastic surgery, Kylie Jenner. Now she's a, you know, multimillionaire, you know, claimed to be a billionaire at 20 something, but isn't. Um, uh, what about her brother Kirby? Oh, Kirby Jenner. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Charles, have you followed Kirby Jenner? No, that's um, uh, 
Instagram oh, every man. all of our listeners, no. please. They, dude, okay. Instagram okay, Kirby so, Jenner. So K I R B Y. So it's 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 Kylie Jenner is the is the actress one or is the model one, right? Dude, you're asking the wrong okay. guy. All well, I know is Kirby. All I, I know is there's a whole bunch of them. And uh, realistically, what were they famous for? Like, like the one sister, her father, their father well, was Bob Kardashian. A so Bob Kardashian lawyer. was one of the lawyers. My dad knew him. Uh, he was one of OJ's attorneys. Uh-huh. So, I mean, we could even take this a step back farther Let's and blame go. it on fucking OJ, or we could take it back a step farther and say, what if OJ doesn't get drafted? I mean, and he doesn't uh, go to in, Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, think about that. But he was USC. You so would yeah. have wound up in LA. I mean, let's LA. go. Let's go back farther on that. So, I mean, this whole thing happens because OJ ends up going into trial for the murder of his wife. He's tried for what was it, uh, Nicole Simpson, that murder, and then Bob Kardashian rises to fame with uh, um, God Johnny Cochran. So, I mean, realistically, could we say the cultural sodomite on this? The person that f- ass fucked. Our entire culture and society is well, Bob Kardashian or OJ. I'm looking up who was the number two draft pick OJ Simpson's year. And what if? I mean, there's always a toss but up. But think about this, one. right? Like, what were they necessarily famous for? I mean, they got a TV show, uh, you know, makeup. I mean, social media. I mean, they really have done a and fucking amazing job in terms of harnessing social media and creating this idea of fame where there is none. Like, what was she necessarily like? What's Kim Kardashian famous for? I, you're asked, again asking the wrong. I mean, dude, she married, dude. She yeah, she was on TV. She married Kanye. I mean, dude, think about how crazy Kanye is, dude. So much so that I saw that uh, Kim Kardashian is now dating Pete Davidson, the dude from Saturday Night Live. Oh, I'm, I know who he is, and I'm just, dude. You think you think he's he's ah, good for him? Skinny dude, huge hammer. Oh my god. Uh, dude, good for him. He's like, uh, do you know who he is? He's like the modern day John Mayer. Don't you remember like whenever chicks would break up with anybody, they'd be like seen with John Mayer. And he just was like, just basically just going around, just trying to fucking slay any girl that recently broke up. That's Pete Davidson now. He's just out there just killing it. Good for him. Like Miley Cyrus. Uh, dude, I am so happy for him. Uh, he did something for like Saturday Night Live with Miley Cyrus. And uh, they were like, uh, yeah, the New Year's Eve thing. So as I was re- uh, researching this Antonio Brown deal, all of a sudden this thing whole popped up and I'm like, God damn it. Like before I think we had legitimate celebrities, you had Tom Cruise who was trying to fly jets and fucking talk to people about vaccines and do a bunch of crazy shit. Like that's what's important. Oh yeah. He's fucking badass. Did. But now you have people that are legitimately famous because of social media, which I think just adds a psychosis of this thing. Do you think if we're here a hundred years from now that they'll look back and, and like, They'll look in, in uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, so so think about this, right? So you have Facebook that is uh, like allegedly started as a high school, or a, sorry, a college campus way to rate chicks. That's how it started. So they they started an online deal, hot where, or not, yeah, yeah, where like they would post pictures of chicks and people would decide whether they're hot or not. That was the origins, and now it's morphed into this metaverse where now I can live in my own false reality, which is really just an extension of what we're seeing here today. Now somebody can be like, hey, I'm a star of my NFL team in the metaverse. I'm going to go out and fucking be Jake Paul and play free safety for the uh, Chicago Bears in the metaverse. This thing's fucking getting weird. I know. What happens when people have to eat or go to the bathroom? In the metaverse? No, but I mean, you, you think like they're just going to like, hey, there's going to be a toilet in the metaverse and you get up, walk into your metaverse. Like, are you walking around your house in the metaverse? Or are they just going to have like repeaters everywhere and you're outside? Listen to this. So, 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 so the, the next one, though, is going to be the implant. And that's what uh, Elon Musk was talking about, that now we're going to have neural implants where you can basically log into the metaverse and see through your own optics and live in the metaverse. The only problem is... What if you're in the metaverse and you're walking around outside and you're here in Texas and a rattlesnake bites you yeah. or a coyote eats you or you get hit by a semi? Okay. I got a fun, interesting uh, multiverse what if here. So the 1969 NFL draft, OJ went number one. It was the 1968 season. Bills were one. Charles's Bills were one. Is it 14 and one? One twelve and one. They played 14 games, 112 and one. So that tie came in week six 
and they continue to lose every single game. Mm-hmm. The Falcons picked number two. Their record was two and 12. If the, the Bills did not tie that game and on, uh, it was against Miami in the Orange Bowl. It was 14 14. So it's some last second, uh, heroics just to get a tie. Falcons draft number one. Of course, they're going Simpson. And then does the, I mean, does society? Cause I mean, that OJ trial, that was huge for everybody. Yeah, but think about does it. Does that like, happen? Well, I mean, so, so think about it. He plays in Buffalo, but you know, this whole deal happened after he retired in LA. So I think what happened. So uh, I watched a, a little bit of interesting stuff on this. The uh, I don't think that OJ actually killed his his wife. Oh my god! I think OJ took the rap for his son. So I think what happened: OJ's son caught uh, the wife having sex with uh, the the pool guy. What was his name? Uh, Ron or the personal trainer? Yeah, what whatever his personal name was, trainer. Ron something. Uh, I think my Google search history listeners, but go on. Yeah. So I think Brown, I think. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was Nicole Brown that Simpson one. and then Ron Gould. No, that was one of my football coaches. Oh my God, Ron. You don't want to know what I'm typing in and try to get this. No. His name is Ron Goldman. So Ron Goldman was killed with, uh, Nicole Brown Simpson. Yeah. I think OJ's son did it. And then OJ from his first marriage. Yeah. He, he that that kid has had some issues. I think that kid is what happened, and I think OJ took the rap. So there's uh, so there's a pretty interesting stuff. Did OJ's son kill Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman? So there's more than a few different people have pointed to this, and so there was like missing evidence. There was a whole bunch of stuff. So. So the expert dig into the sun theory, and I think it could be a pretty good one. But so you have OJ. I mean, this whole deal went down, and because of that, we end up with the Kardashians. And I really think that our pivotal time now, in a hundred years from now, when they look back, it's going to be Mark Zuckerberg and the Kardashians. That meta, metaphorically, meta sodomize the metaverse. Well, I think what'll happen is we'll end up with like, uh, what was it? Uh, Dr. Strange where he has like the, the time stone and he'll go back and just kill those people and get rid of them so that society can go on. Maybe it already happened. This information will be in like a fucking capsule that we send off in the space. Well, I mean, according to Leonardo DiCaprio, we only have 10 years left as he was flying on his private jet. So, Oh, the who, the world. Yeah. 10 years is all we got. Oh, the WWF. I mean. So what you should do is just budget for the next 10 years, and then we'll be fine. Unless we're not. Yeah, it's yeah. – I don't know, man. Like the uh, the Antonio Brown thing's interesting. So what, I'm off um, the internet. Right, Let's continue. So, so what um, – uh, I'll, I'll give you a little personal insight as an NFL player, former NFL player. The problem comes because you are a person of worth and that you can do something that's extraordinary and something that causes admiration for other people. People – will overlook shitty personalities and crappy things because you're this extraordinary person. So a lot of NFL players, a lot of professional athletes are incomplete humans because they've never been forced to be complete humans because people are always willing to just let them slide. Right. Uh, like, you know, the, um, the behavior that in normal society would have you ostracized is just overlooked because, you know, you can do this job athletics yeah, yeah. because of athletics. I mean, same thing happens with, um, you know, people that are, you know, like, let's say like uh, uber rich. So during my NFL career, I used to hang with these billionaire dudes who were some of the worst human beings I'd ever been around. But because they were so wealthy, people overlooked it because of the things they had around them, the places they went, and just the fact that they had that many digits in their bank account. So they would, it would never force them to be complete human beings. And I think for a guy like Antonio Brown, uh, people have always been like, oh, but he can play. Oh, it's okay. He's a, he's a talented player. So they've made excuses for him. And the problem is when you're not held accountable and people make excuses, where becomes the guardrails? And unfortunately, he's at a point in his life where now he's you know in his mid-30s and he's acting like a young child who's spoiled instead of like a grown fucking adult. 
Well, similar to what you've expressed before, where the uh, NFL stands for not for long, the non-developmental league, right? At this stage, does that also attribute to how you act as your character? Uh, you know what? I, I read an interesting thing the other day where they were talking about, um, you know, that the NFL players, because they've taken so much combat and so much hitting out of the practices and in training camp, that it's allowed older players to play longer, that they've almost seen a maturing of the NFL. Because, uh, you know, guys, you know, when they're, you know, they've been in five, six, seven, ten years, all of a sudden now they get married, they start having families, they're not going out and trying to burn it down on, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, or sorry, Thursday and Friday nights. And, you know, their wife's at home cooking for them, they're not single. I was single for my NFL career. Um, I, you know, in hindsight, it was extremely selfish time and I didn't want to necessarily start a family and do all that when it was such a selfish time. But now, as I've gotten a little bit older, I don't think I could have done a good job when I was in my 20s. But if I was still playing into my like mid to late 30s, I could have easily have been married and had my life and my wife and kids and done that and still played uh, at a pretty high level um, and probably would have been better for it because I wouldn't have tried to you know drink every drink at the bar or trying to fucking run the streets, trying to you know meet every girl I could, uh, which is probably what you're supposed to do in your 20s. Only problem is you got a whole bunch of a lot, a lot more money in your pocket and a lot more access, a lot more notoriety. And so height and yeah, like your size, six, yeah, six, and everything six. that's working against me. <laughs> I kid. I, I, you know what? I've never in my life like when you guys tell me that there's I'm some. <laughs> I, I like I, dude. It's hilarious because you and DJ have told me that there is this um, oh, uh, weird. Yeah, there, there's like this weird like uh, thing where people are against you guys because you're not, you know, tall. Which to me. I consider tall anybody over like six five, so I what? consider anybody under like six five is short. Anybody shorter than me is short. <laughs> no like it, like even when like like people are like oh he's tall he's six foot I'm like really. I've dated girls that were that tall. I've dated girls taller than that. I have no comment. Yeah, I know. But I think what has happened all too often is that because people are talented in mm-hmm. other ways, they are not held. To the same standards of accountability. Yeah. I'm, and the other issue too is, is over time, as you go through this, you know, always talk, oh, they got to have people around you to keep you grounded. Well, eventually people get to the point where you don't want to listen to that fucking shit and they just start cutting people out of your life. And it's a lot easier just to have people around you that'll tell you what you want to hear and let you live the life you want. Yeah. Yoko. Uh, well, I've mentioned this before, but NBA went through a similar experience when they got rid of the one-year rule. NFL has two year, or three years. Three years. Three years. NBA had a two, but then they went – now they're one. Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so they were drafting high schoolers, and then they would cut the veteran because he'd be at the end of the bench. And one of the, the – it's the book, Boys Among Men. It's awesome reading experience. And they commented it set the league back 10 years because they lost the professional that taught the young guys how to play for a sure. high schooler. That now had millions. Yeah. But certain teams, the the Raptors, they had team moms to help the Tracy McGrady's. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Garnett had Kevin McHale and team mom in place to help these young guys. And then those guys lasted the 10 years plus. And there are certain stories of dudes. And it's an awesome read because they go through all the guys that were drafted in that 10-year window, including LeBron, Kobe, that and and you know several guys that we've never heard of. So awesome read to see like, oh, my God, there's dangers when you do give those. Un- well, I mean, you give, uh, you know, notoriety, money, fame, all this other stuff. I mean, it doesn't necessarily end up very well for rock stars. You know, I mean, it, it's it, dude, it's why a lot of these guys run into trouble. And you know what? Um, I think the scary thing with Antonio Brown is what does Antonio Brown's life look like when he doesn't have football anymore? When all of a sudden, hey, you know, you don't hear people cheering for you. You know, does he transition, have to do something else? I mean, how does he continue to live, you know, like on that spotlight and more importantly in that, you know, high heat environment? I mm-hmm. mean, you know, the guy seems to thrive in turmoil and has created turmoil and everywhere. And it's, you know, I mean, if, if you read the clips from when he was talking to Gruden, I mean, it's like, hey, just go play football. I'm like, I'm more than that. So he believes himself to be more than that. So now what is he going to do? I mean, it's pretty hard, dude. You get smoked at the at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You get smoked at the Raiders. You get smoked at the Patriots. And now you get smoked at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if there's another team that will give him a chance, but I've been proved wrong before. 
there might be somebody out there who's like, man, if only we can get Antonio Brown into training camp and get a couple catches, a couple games out of him. And who knows? He, he, yeah, he might do dancing with the stars. He might start dating a Kardashian. Like that's a fucking foolproof way to literally get to the top is you date a Kardashian and then you get there and you fight Jake Paul. No, that's the fall of James Harden. And then you get slayed by fucking Pete Davidson. Uh, so Antonio Brown, CTE, maybe narcissism. For sure. uh, well, so man, like um, the Jason Whitlock had a really kind of callous, uh, and I do love Jason, and I, and I liked his his take on a lot of Antonio Brown. But he did make some callous shit where he said, you know, if you know everybody's going to blame this on CTE, if he has CTE, then how come Bronco Nagurski didn't have CTE? What about Jack Dempsey? He went through all these people. That, you know, I mean, uh, fighters and football players and this. And he's like, how come these guys weren't acting like this? And the problem with that statement is, how do we know that they weren't? So here's the issue. Um, like pre-social media, the media or the, the news in the media was very, very strategic. Like when I, you know, came out of practice, when I was at my locker, the media was right there. They were taking pictures, whatever they interview you, what you said to them went into print media or went on the news. That was it. And then all of a sudden in like 2007, uh, I remember like, you know, uh, Facebook kind of starting and it wasn't really what it was. And then I remember, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, Facebook kind of rises, Twitter, this whole deal. And I remember, um, I think it was 2008, 2007, 2008. I remember we were playing at home. And Larry Johnson came in at halftime and tweeted like these motherfuckers won't give me the ball or something like, like basically went in, like we were all like in halftime coaches talking, everybody's getting ready to go back out, comes in and tweets something. And then somebody came down in the, uh, in the elevator, talked to the coach and they fucking pulled him out of the game. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, like, where's fucking Larry? Like, oh, uh, he tweeted at halftime. I'm like, he did what? What's a tweet? And I, 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 I didn't know what, what, what Twitter was. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't have a Twitter. And I was like, what the fuck's a tweet? And he's like, oh, it's this thing on Twitter. He po- he like posted a comment on social media, like on, like on Twitter about the game or something. And I'm like, why the fuck would he do that? Like it was so foreign because it just like, why the fuck would you do that? It's a waste of time. And uh, they yanked him. And like, that was, that was the first time that I saw something action like that and a reaction happen that quickly. And, um, and then I knew that shit would forever be different. And, uh, that man, that, that moment was a strange one, but here's the thing, because the media was so canned, like they didn't have access. It's not like today. Like, um, I remember, you know, uh, like we went up and did a, um, you know, commercial for Nike in here. I mean, these were things that were put together for us, but because we didn't have our own brands, we had no way to really create our own brand unless you were attached to a bigger brand like a Nike or Reebok or you were one of their players or the quarterbacks club. I mean, you know, uh, I did a – I remember early in my NFL career, I got poked in the eye by Warren Sapp uh, in a playoff game. And I lost my contact and I had to come out. They had to put in new contacts. I remember being like, fuck these contacts. I want to get laser eye surgery. So I got hooked up with um, uh, this laser eye surgery center in Philly. And they did laser eye surgery. And then they asked me to do a commercial. So I filmed a commercial for them. And instead of money, they gave me two laser eye surgeries. And I, I got it for my brother and my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I was on their commercial. And, like, it played on TV. And I remember that was super cool to see that, like, I had a commercial on TV. But, like, these guys had to book the commercial, film it. Like, there were so many steps to make this thing happen. And it was for laser eye surgery. Like, now I think about it, like, the the ability for companies to access professional athletes is so simple. as just, you know, a DM. Hey, we'd love for you to rep our shit. And then next thing you know, the cameras are on and you're wearing a hat. Like, there's so many opportunities for it, this thing. NIL, it's trickled down to yeah. college. But it was so, like, it was so confined, you know, like, uh, page six. Like, there was a page six in New York, you know, where all the celebrity stuff or in Philly, like, page six, the back page of of this where they would like put out gossip like that's as far as it ever went like now it's like think about you know twitter social media facebook instagram you know tiktok i mean ev- like everything just explodes so the optics are so much different that you know in a way it's allowed individuals who are extremely savvy to control their narrative like i think man like i would have loved an opportunity like <laughs> uh 
I enjoyed the time in which I played. I would have loved to have played in this era, having a little bit of vision of like what we do now in terms of creating and building brands, finding somebody to help you build a brand. Like, I mean, great, uh, dude, I, I would love to be a current NFL player and have a uh, uh, Harry Hepton stall and Charles and you guys as like, you know, in my brand building deal. Entourage. Be, Let's yeah. get, but I mean, label you know, it. we'll label it. I got Charles fucking ready to roll. You got Harry designing everything, putting this whole thing together, putting this. I mean, think about the optics and your ability to be able to push information so much quicker and influence people. Like there's never been a time when people are more connected and that's good and bad because it's giving people like, like, so years ago, we always felt that like the barrier to most things was access to information. It's not. We've given people access to every bit of information and all it's done is made people dumber because they don't have to search anymore. They don't have to actually think. And I think what this mass formation psychosis has done is what it's done is it's flooded people with so much information. It's flooded us with so much truth, lies, nonsense, just fucking everything with a fire hose that people, one, they can't take a breath and they sure as hell can't take a drink because they're just getting fucking punched in the face by all this. I mean, uh, it's, it's become almost, um, like I, I think people are just dumber. I mean, like just, you know, take like the COVID stuff for the, for example, like, so like, uh, you, you turn on the news. I just saw yesterday. For that. I mean, what's that? Would we still meet in the food pyramid? Like, like there's a counter for like having mass knowledge. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that mass knowledge is bad. I'm just saying that it becomes almost overwhelming to where you can't discern what's accurate or not. I mean, think about this. This The fact that I still get questions from people asking if meat is going to cause cancer. I'm like, holy shit. Like where? Because if you search it, there was a, a you know some obscure study. I mean, dude, think about how many fallacies people buy into because not because it's truthful or not. They don't know how to critically think, but because they're bombarded with fear. I mean, I think we've established that knowledge is not how you control people, access to unlimited knowledge. It's by creating fear. I mean, if anything, like like the fact uh, this COVID deal to me is extremely interesting for a few reasons. One, we are bombarded with statistics and numbers and terms like stage four, stage five, a million this. Like I saw the other day, uh, a million reported cases. Okay, who reported those cases? Where did they come from? Like there's no like foundation for this. Okay. And I tried to look, I'm like, okay, so the CDC reported a million cases and then they gave you, okay, was reported this way, but we don't know if that's really accurate because people weren't reporting them over the new years. So were they all reported at once? Okay. Who's reporting this is the hospital. How many people are they tested home? How are people reporting? Like there's so many questions I have, but yet that number's thrown out. So now you have a situation where, you know, the schools are in stage five because of what, uh, are the beds overloaded? I don't know. I mean, I, like, like, I don't know. I'm in a bubble. Yeah, no, we're, we're in a bubble. So we're at the mercy of whoever's providing the information and we have to trust that it's honest and truth. But I don't. So, but yeah, okay. <laughs> that's a perfect example. So, you know, if the age old believe none of what you hear and half of what you see and none of, you know, like, so we're in this interesting situation where, you know, like you look at different media sources, right? CNN and Don Lemon are some of like the fucking worst human beings on the planet. I mean, so much so that like you got the producer of CNN just got uh, fucking picked up for like, you know, pedophilia and trying to like groom kids and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, he's Como's main guy. And then you got Don Lemon. I mean, dude, it's such a fucking cesspool of humanity. And you have this side, which is basically this opinion news. And then you got the other side, which is even more batshit crazy. You got these right wing uh, Christian groups on Facebook that 99% of them are controlled by fucking Russian bots, which is a scary one. Um, you know, ask me how I know that one. Um, so we have this really interesting disinformation campaign where we're being bombarded by so many conflicting pieces of information. And there's a narrative that's being pumped out of each one and you have access to them all. Like, uh, you know, my dad would get up every Sunday and he would read the LA times cover to cover, you know, front page to back page. Mm -hmm. And that was where he got his news. And so it was like, uh, LA times. And then it was, um, you know, time magazine and a few of these things. And that's where like my mom would get McLean's, which is from Canada. So there was an interesting optics for the U S and, and through the McLean stuff. And that was how you got your information. Now think about it. I can log into all these different media sources and you have a situation where, um, you know, uh, who's controlling like, the, Zuckerberg just comes out and says, Oh, the fact checkers. Yeah, no, that's all opinion. 
So when you have somebody on Facebook that's basically uh, a truth fact checker, you know, that is their opinion, not anything else. That individual decides whether or not they think it's truthful or not. So now you have something presented in social media as truthful or not, basically as an opinion piece. Uh, well, we talked about jobs, NASA, YouTuber. That's a job I don't want. Going through every single person's like drunk uncle's Facebook posts and deciding this is fact or not. That job sounds it, awful. It, it, but there are people that are lining up for those jobs because oh there's a desire to be right. And to feel that like the narrative that I believe is the one that I'm pushing. I mean, dude, it's 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 a crazy deal. Like I, I guarantee there is a specific type of person that applies for that job that they hire. I mean, it's probably broken down within like a, you know, a fraction of a point of who they want in that. I mean, one, it's somebody who wants to be logged into social media all the time. And who wants to, you know, run through all this nonsense? And they do. And there's probably tens of thousands of these people. There's probably hundreds of thousands of fact checkers. It's a fucking scary deal, man. Just every day. We need you. I imagine that like cops got metrics they got to hit. You got to bust this many tickets this month. Well, you need to cancel 50 people. Well, those uh, are the numbers. Those so, are rookie numbers. You got to bump so those up. If you guys want to do something crazy, they have bot farms. I've talked to you guys about these bot farms. Um, I went when I spoke at that conference on national security, they showed us pictures. It's these warehouses. And inside, they have thousands of cell phones plugged in with different IP addresses. And then there's like a mainframe computer. And these bots like are all like kind of action for different things. Uh, for some reason, the vegan bots uh, troll my account and try to get me to battle them constantly. And if I do interact with them, they fucking flag me within seconds. Like literally the minute I respond to them. Because one of the people started battling me. A vegan. F- so there's a warehouse. Yeah. A vegan farm. Dude. Of phones. No, it's just bots that are looking to cause controversy and to stir up comp- uh, stuff. Dude, look at the bot farms, dude. I don't know like how so like my vision of this is a freaking warehouse with a bunch of tables and 400 phones just plugged in. Is that, that it? Like? I'm close. Yeah. It's it's all it is. It's just fucking banks of phones. So like so so like you can like if you google how to like like let's say you want to have 100,000 followers on Twitter. Okay. I can log on and I can probably pay $100 to somebody and you will have 100,000 followers. How do you think those followers happen? They're from these bot farms. So they can they can action these bots to go on and follow you and that's how people build, you know, followers. They can action those bots in interesting ways. To attack John Wilmore. So Wilmore. what they're looking for and and dude, I and I screen cap them because they have no followers, they have no posts. They're literally just faceless accounts and what they do is they'll go in, they ask questions and they try to interact to cause controversy. <laughs> because think about it. Like people, people don't react to things because it's positive. Like, Hey, this looks great. Amazing stuff. Like, like we, we get bots all the time that like send us uh, emails or comment on our posts. Right. And it goes into promote spam. it at, do you think that that's a person legitimately doing that? Clearly no. No. It's two seconds after it's up. Yeah. All right. So these are, this is this bot thing and uh, they have them on social media. And what they do is they try to interact to cause some form of conflict. And, uh, dude, I, I got interacted, um, these, uh, this like vegan thing, like sort of bashing me. And I was like, basically said, get your head out of your fucking ass. And instantly I was reprimanded and was like, your account's under review and this problem. I mean, it happened within seconds and at least once a week I'll get some weird vegan thing. That's like, what do you think of meat? What if I don't like meat? And I, I always click on them and I'm like, oh, these are bots. I just delete them. So we can't battle. I mean, this is T3 plot. Uh, it is. I mean, dude, this stuff is so next level. I mean, think about this, right? They are convincing an entire generation of people that it's better to live in a virtual reality than it is to live in actual reality. Like, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Elon Musk made an incredible comment where he's like, we are already cyborgs. You don't realize it. Your phone is an extension of you, and this makes you a cyborg. The only problem is it, it disconnects from your hand and it's got slow up, uh, up speeds. What about when the implants in your skull and it's within milliseconds? Like you can search any information you think of. You can see it in your eye. And he went through this whole thing. He's like, that's we're a step away from that. Madness. Yeah. That he's currently developing, which, which is funny to me, right? Because they asked people about Elon Musk's uh, neural implant and 
80 to 90% of the people were like, I would get it tomorrow. But no you, you can't way. get people to fucking like, like you, you have people that are scared of the vaccine, right? Like, hey, I'm not going to get vaccinated, but I'm going to let Elon Musk put a fucking implant in my skull. Uh, I don't want either. Like, I'm, I'm like, dude, I like it's it's a really fucking interesting time where like who fucking knows, man. I dude, like one, I don't want to have a neuro implant Two, I don't want to live in the metaverse. Like, I'm not going to have FOMO. If Charles is like, dude, I was in the metaverse and Snoop Dogg played and it was epic. I'd be like, great. That sounds perfect. Uh, this have a dope time at fucking. Times more opportunities, financial opportunities. Than Shut up, Charles. There is. Dude, I, I, I tasked Charles. I tapped Charles and dude, uh, this has been my actual hobby for the last like three weeks. And we've, how long ago did I test you with that? About three. Wow, that's sad. But, but I mean, dude, we did, yeah, we did a deep dive into the metaverse, not only how to buy land in the metaverse, how people are speculating on it. And like, it's pretty wild, especially with the NFTs. Like, the, like it's, it's pretty interesting, man. Like, uh, the fact that your NFT that you purchase will become your representation in the metaverse. Like, if I'm, you know, dojo cat, sad dojo cat or whoever it is. I mean, now all of a sudden I purchased that. Now I can upload and that will be my avatar in this other world. Well, people can program. I'm, I'm, what if there's people that take over your microchip and then. Well, that'll be the uh, eventual. I, I mean, mean to bring this back to OJ Simpson, the naked gun original, that's the plot. But, but think, okay. So, so think about this, right? How easy Right. Like, okay, what if you have a neural implant, right? Like a neural implant at that point, everything that you do within this world is searchable and recordable and programmable and reviewable. Minority report. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're headed. So, uh, like if that's the world people want to live on or what happens is we go back the other way and there's just a mass EMP and people go back to the fucking stone age and we keep driving around. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, everything will be fine. But like where, I mean, so so th- this is another interesting thought, <laughs> right? So think Interesting about, thoughts. That's the title. Of yeah, this stuff. should be interesting thoughts. This is one that blows my fucking mind. So think about like a uh, modern man, right? Like, uh, uh, like you know, like, like let's say like, um, like the last 10,000 years. Okay. So think about human evolution within the last 10,000 years, right? So like, okay, you're familiar with what Gobateki is? No. Okay. In, I mean- uh, for our listeners, please share what the uh, Gobekeki is. Okay, so hold on. I'll pull it up because I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> so Gobateki is a pretty interesting deal in that it's uh, it's in Turkey. But what it oh, is. Oh, it's a is, place. Yeah, it's a place. It's a neo- or Neolithic archaeological, uh, archaeological site near the city of like – it's basically in southeastern Antolia. Um, and to- well, Antolian shepherds where they're from, but Antolia, it's in Turkey. And so what's wild is that uh, they have pillars and these monolithic structures in Gobateki that are the oldest in the world. And when they went in and they carbon dated them, these structures were built before man had access to the wheel. So when like, like the way we understand time and they've kind of gone by and they've been like, oh, so like finding Gobateki. Stonehenge the same? Uh, no, it's, it's way older than that. So Gobateki would be like if they dug underneath the pyramid and found a 747. Like, that's how fucking out of place it is. And it was this, like, you know, allegedly a sanctuary used by nomadic hunters and gatherers from around. But it has these huge monolithic structures that are incredibly precise and before the advent of, like, one of, like, iron tools and before the wheel. So it's kind of this, like, anomaly that they found. So the idea is, okay, so, you know, like, this thing is, what, like, 9,500 to, like, 8,000 B.C., so like 10,000 years ago. So 10,000 years ago, we had this technology to do this. Look at the pyramids. And then all of a sudden, we have these like incredible, amazing things that are still existed today. And then we go through this like dark ages, you know, and like, uh, you know, think about like the uh, industrial revolution right around the turn of this of 1900. We have a, you know, the industrial revolution. Look at what we've done within the last 120 years. Planes, trains and automobiles. Right. And microchips. But think about that. How, how did we go from uh, steam engines to fucking spaceships that quickly? To microprocessors. I don't know. Like the, but think about like that time. So, so pretty much for thousands of years, we were, you know, doing like, uh, like hunter gatherers, just like chasing animals, running around wearing loinskins. 
And now all of a sudden in 120 years, we've gone from like a steamship or the steam engine to fucking rocket propulsion and going off into, you know, neural implants. It feels like, I mean, it, is it because it's just technology? And I'm sure there's something, I remember Luke used to talk about this, like there's some, uh, something where like exponential technology, yeah. like once something happens, it's it like speeds up, but we're in a, uh, like this dead run. It's just amazing to me that we've found certain things within the society, like Gobateki, for example, that are unexplainable. So how much human history is lost? I don't know. I just remembered a family guy clip and this is where my head's at. It's uh, Ireland. It's like Ireland in 1916 and it's this futuristic place and these scientists. And now we've invented whiskey. They take a shot of it and there's just a massive explosion and it just sends Ireland back to early ages. Well, funny. Uh, it is a G O B E K I. Um, and then techie or Tepe T E P E. So it's yeah, Gobi, Gobi Kateki. Yeah. But dude, what's wild on this and why I bring it up is the time at which it was built, we were allegedly hunter gatherers like with Neanderthals. Like 10,000 years ago, Paleo Man, you know, 10,000 to 40,000 years ago. I mean, like it's pretty interesting if you think like that level, like the ability to be able to build something of that magnitude in a time where we didn't have access to the wheel. Or allegedly, that's what we're told. So, yeah. Aliens, dude. Well, I don't think it is. Aliens. I think, uh, I just think that our, our history is so incomplete. And eventually what will happen, we'll find something and they'll dust it off and be like, what's this microchip here? And they'll put it in and it'll be all recorded human history up into a certain point. I mean, I don't know. Well, we don't have the computer to read. Or maybe we do. Maybe we're building it. Or maybe, you know, they've already found it. They've already found it. And they're basically, this is how this whole thing started. Well, they've been trying to tell us with the Matrix. They're like, you idiots. Did you see the new Matrix? Uh, No, (sighs) not yet. It's great. It's great. I've heard mixed. Yeah. And by mixed, I've heard only heard negative. And you're the only positive. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Okay. I thought it was great. Uh, I'm in to watch it. Uh, I tried to watch it with my dad, and he's like, you know I'm not into that shit. He's not into science fiction. My dad's also the type of guy that goes to a movie theater. Doesn't look up times. Just goes to a movie theater, what's playing, and then goes to it. So, like, out of context, the scene John Wick 2 without seeing John Wick 1. Um, Was he th- confused? No, it's just it's what he likes to do. I guess he did it as a kid. I don't know. But uh, there was something else. There was one other movie that just made me freaking, like, just outlandishly laugh like why why did you do that john wick 2 is the only one i can recall but interesting uh so the interesting thing about gobateki and they talk about like so they did radiocarbon dating and it puts the structure between 9500 and 9000 bc so over 10,000 years ago um fast five right the other so when they they basically when they when they originally dated the site uh there were types of stone tools found there considering like the most probable but like the problem is, is that they didn't like they don't know how they they built it. It's like like I said, it's like finding a seven forty seven underneath the pyramids. Like they don't know how because the time at which it was dated, they did not, or at least we give that we did not have access to the technology and the tools to build it. Uh, here's my hypothesis: the scientists carbon dating made a mistake. They just moved a decimal. I think that could happen. I mean, they could totally have fucked everything up. I mean, or are we really as smart as we think we are? I just think. Uh, okay, at, let's bring it at John Wellborn. Well, bring it back uh, let's around. Bring it all Three around. hours. No, <laughs> like to kind of bring this home a little bit. I think what what's losing what, or what we are going to lose is the aspect of human connection. And I think uh, social media has taught us this. I think uh, COVID is teaching us this. That when you remove people from social interactions, weird shit happens. And when you isolate people, weird shit happens. Like the amount of people, like I got an email uh, last night from a guy that's like, hey man, I used to be super fit. Used to fall across the football, follow this. COVID got me. I gained 30 pounds. It's fucking gross. I need help. And my first comment to him is one, you found the right place. Two, stop drinking. And three, here's some programming. Um, you know, follow this and do this. And his first comment return was, how did you know? Ha, ha, ha. You're right. I'm stopped drinking. Because 
Like there is a bunch of issues that come up all too often when with people in isolation. We don't work well. We are really, uh, you know, you think about evolutionary. Uh, we are kind of small tribe individuals, you know, connection, maybe 50 and 100 connections, small groups, uh, you know, live in small neighborhoods. Dunbar's number. Yeah. Yeah. Opposed from now where we're literally access to hundreds of thousands of people. Like, I mean, dude, uh, you know, some guy posts a video and a million people watching on TikTok. Like how in the world you can actually comprehend that many inputs and outputs? We're not designed for it. Like if anything, uh, you know, the software we're dealing with, I mean, we like... Is, like the technology doesn't fit our hardware or software. And so we're going to run into more and more problems. So what do people need to do? Well, I mean, we're putting this out on social media. So we're obviously the most disingenuous motherfuckers on the planet. We well, provide- no, you and I are having this conversation. Yeah. In, in, in person. Charles is the, the enemy here putting this out on the socials. Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's going to be four or five people that watch this and think, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, John's fucking totally off the rails. Uh, but I'll tell you... Um, I think the problem is we're not going to voluntarily put the genie back in the bottle. Like this is here and we've seen the speed at which things go on that we were basically running around trying to club things to death with rocks. And now all of a sudden we're fucking have laser beams like that has happened within the last 120 plus years. You know, I think the industrial revolution was even earlier than the turn of the century. So with the advent of the modern steam engine Um, and now we're in a situation where this stuff is literally picking up speed. And, you know, where are we going to be, you know, where we're going to be farther in two years than we were in the last thousand. And that's a scary thought. So, I mean, what does it mean for us? I have no fucking idea. I mean, I, I like to control what I can control. Uh, well, that's, that's what we can do. Yeah. I mean, but like for us, um, I feel, man, it's, it's a weird thought because I remember how it used to be. And the problem is my kids only know this, like my daughter coming home and being like, they're making us wear two masks. And I'm like, that's, that's unacceptable. What is two masks going to do that one mask can't? What's one mask? And like, it doesn't make sense to me. So, um, we have, uh, like my daughters have been tested at their school every week for COVID for almost two years. Never once, not one of our kids and my, my wife and I get tested, have ever, um, you know, tested anything like, like we haven't tested positive. And I mean, we've been access to people, um, that have had it. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell them. I'm like, dude, at the end of the day, I would much rather have you go to school and interact. If we got to wear a mask, it sucks. Uh, do I think it's bullshit? 100%. But I need you to go and have those interactions. I need you to learn to deal with people. Because coming, coming home and dealing with them through the computer, that's not going to fucking do anything. No. And, I mean, at least here, they can play sports, get outdoors, ride horses. And yeah. those are not requiring. No, I mean, uh, um, you know, my daughter rides. My other daughter swims. I mean, my, my son, who's five, that's the most difficult one. Swimming. I think that's it. We just need more swimming. You can't. Uh, well, long story short, um, I think we need more personal interactions and you need to be surrounded by people that are better gauges. I think that what we're seeing with a guy like Antonio Brown is an individual who's isolated himself to think that his behavior is okay. And social media, I'll tell you like social media is the greatest enabler on the planet. I mean, think, think about it. Like, uh, I'm sure there's people that are like, AB, they're fucking you. You're doing the right thing. And I'm sure there's people that are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're having these battles where people are voicing their opinions that have no vested interest in the survival of this individual. And, you know, they will be the first person when all of a sudden something tragic happens. I mean, I hope to God he doesn't, you know, something bad doesn't happen. But you hear these stories of, you know, ex-NFL players like um, who, who is the guy that just passed away from uh, God, it was a receiver for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I already forgot his name. Uh, well, there's Boston. No. Well, um, and then the Broncos. No. No, no. Uh, yeah. Who was the guy for Demarius the Thomas? Yeah. Demarius Thomas. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, I mean, he has a 10 year career. Everything's fine. All of a sudden, he, you know, family can't find him. He's in some hotel room and ends up passing away. I haven't heard anything about, you know, cause of death on that one. But like, it is that is that the, you know, final evolution of this thing? And I hope to God, um, you know, he has some wherewithal or some people around him to get him some help. And at least figure out, like, if it is some form of uh, TBI, um, you know, traumatic brain injury, um, you know, CTE can't be evaluated until somebody's gone. So they're like, oh, we have CTE. 
Well, we don't know that until they do it. And they basically have to take your brain, slice it into real thin, and then they put it and mix it. And I don't know if you guys saw that old deal, but it has to be happening in autopsy. Um, I hope he gets help. And I hope that he realizes that, uh, you know, this, the, the way he acted is not as how he should carry himself. And, um, I hope he doesn't end up as just, you know, another NFL player that passes away that I got to write, I, you know, RIP on the NFL page. And, uh, it's a sad deal seeing those guys die, but I think it comes down to human connections. You have to get out and you have to like go out and engage people. If the only engaging you do with people is through social media and the internet, it's fucking weird. I agree. Yeah. Another opportunity to positively engage with other people, power athlete training programs. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. And if you need information, please reach out to us. Info at powerathletehq.com. We can get you on the right training program. If you're into the education, check out academy.powerathletehq.com. If you need help, just reach out. We're here for you. You can hit me on Instagram at John Wellborn. I try to respond to everybody that shoots me DMs. Um, and uh, at hits me with questions. I try to be real active because I realize that people need connections. Sometimes people need uh, and need help. You need help attacking vegan bots. There's a lot of them out there after you. I know. I when you said it out loud, it made me sound crazy as shit. But when it's happening to me, I like screen cap it, and I'm like, man, like why would this weird vegan pay like like that has no name, has no information, follows 17 people, has never made a post, and their first post is asking me, what do you think of a vegan diet? Like zero posts. Ask zero me about f- my wiener. Right? Zero posts, zero followers, and only follow 17 people. And their first one is asking me. And then when I click on them, I'm like, this person's never interacted with anybody? Like, like uh, so um, I, I don't know if, uh, like, like when you click on your DMs, there's ones that are like people you know, and then there's other ones that like uh, um, go to some other folder where you don't know the people. So I'll, I'll look in there maybe once a week. And there's all this wacky stuff about like NFTs and Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, right? Yeah. And, and so like I'm getting, because I follow those pages, I get bombarded when you click on them, they have no followers, they have no posts. And I'm the first person they've ever DM'd on this. Like these are all bots. This is all just some elaborate thing. And I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but the, this is, these are not real people that are creating these. This is some form of AI. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's not AI. The people training or the programming on Train Heroic. <laughs> no, we write that shit. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm still laughing at the cultural sodomite. I can't believe I said that out loud. I so okay. I, I, I actually got that. Do you know where I got Shut that from? Shut it down. Do you know where I no. got that from? So there's a comedian uh, that... Uh, so I love like the day it's like the roast. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever seen like Comedy Central roast. Yeah, and, Pete Davidson, your guy. Yeah, uh, dude... He's actually pretty good on those. But there was a, a comic. His name's Greg something. I can't remember his last name. Geraldo. Yes. Greg, Greg Geraldo. He, is, he uh, unfortunately he, passed yeah, away. He but passed he away. Great. But he was like fucking destroyed people on roasts. And he referred to Jerry uh, Springer. Jerry Springer, you fucking cultural sodomite. So hopefully that makes it into the podcast. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Power Athlete Radio. See ya. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!